Good afternoon and welcome to this episode of the Task Podcast. Uh, today we are a little bit different. Today we're in a studio because there's three of us. Previously it's been uh, me with the me, me or Steve with the microphone plugged into to the iPhone, but uh, with three we're trying out a studio and we're in Bangkok in Udumsuk, which is uh, somewhere down the Circumvit line. And I'm here with with uh, Daryl and Steve. And Daryl is my brother-in-law, so uh, just get the family stuff out of the way. Does <laughs> that mean uh, I have to behave myself? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> and Steve, his business partner. So Daryl's uh, flown over from the UK. Steve has flown over from Singapore. And these guys run a couple of businesses. Or Well, I, I was looking, actually got a couple of websites, but these guys are in the tech space. We're going to talk a little bit about you know what they're doing, and uh, they work remotely. Um, I won't steal your thunder. I'll let you... Uh, Kick off. CO2 neutral conferencing was the name I always remembered, but of course the business is called something else now, right? So mm-hmm. you guys are here having a bit of planning around. Um, yeah, you want you want to just talk about the business for a sec? Sure. Yeah, we talk about history and uh, where it's uh, gone and going. Um, so yeah, we started off a business uh, ten years ago as CO2 neutral conferencing. Uh, I was in Sydney at the time. Uh, Steve was over was in, in Singapore. Singapore. Uh, and um, yeah, we started off uh, essentially kind of thinking about uh, how the industry was and everyone was talking about using video conferencing and conferencing to reduce travel, but they didn't really consider the internal carbon footprint of their own business. And so, you know, obviously it takes lots of servers and energy to keep these services up and running. So we felt there was a good opportunity to uh, to be environmentally friendly and green and, and offset the carbon emissions. So that's kind of where we started. Uh, and then, yeah, we grew over the years uh, across the product lines and then also uh, internationally into the US and Europe as well. Uh, and then, yeah, at, at, a, at a stage during that process, we felt we needed to change the name. Um, we always have a lot of intention behind uh, everything that we do, and uh, so CO2 neutral conferencing uh, uh, says a lot, but it's also quite a mouthful. So uh, that's when we decided to change the name to Collaboration Squared, and uh, yeah, we just love that whole idea of uh, you know, collaboration times itself, and uh, uh, again, the impact we can do there. Uh, and even the other product names have got uh, uh, reasoning behind them as well, but we can talk about that later, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and you, you guys, how many people are in the business sense? So you're, you're in the UK. You're in. So I'm in Singapore. Singapore. Yeah, we've got some people in the Philippines, uh, and then some developers as well that are sort of scattered around the planet, aren't they, Daryl? Yep. Um, so yeah, and we all work remotely. We all work from home, so we all communicate via. So you are like yeah. true digital nomads, are you? I suppose. We are. Yeah, we, are. <laughs> we have been from the word go as well. Um, from the minute we started, we all work from home, so we've never really had a physical office. Yeah, right. And which seems to be the way forward, I think, isn't it? Mm. I mean, you know, in our business, we're completely focused on how we can be remote in every way i mean not not just because it's good i mean it is it's great for the environment but it's also gives a huge amount of flexibility right yeah do you find it easy challenging uh we've been doing a long time uh, i don't think there's many people that have been running a, uh, a business from home for 10 years as such so yeah we've been doing it a very very long time uh but it definitely has pros and cons um and you have to have the workforce that's uh uh, willing and, and able to do it. Uh, you know, we, we've had people in the past who it just wasn't for them, uh, and that's fair enough. You know, if they work used to working for a big corporate company and being in an office, that's perfectly acceptable. But yeah, you have to know what you're getting into for both yourself as founders, but then also the employees that you bring on as well. Um, but yeah, we're, we're lucky. Obviously, we work in video conferencing, so we're, we're used to using technology to connect re- remotely and uh, you know seeing people face to face. We think is incredibly important, uh, and obviously using our technology to do that. Um, but but we still try and meet up. So uh, at least once a year, uh, Steve and I uh, try and meet up in person. 
uh, if not twice a year. So it's, it's definitely still important to, to balance both things. And your your clients are all around the world, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. How many countries in total now? 25, I would think, at least. Yeah. So, yeah, and they really are scattered all over, um, which is cool. Yeah, right, and big customers. I mean, everyone from... Small and large, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. And so I think we've got uh, all participants have joined from all five continents. Uh, and then uh, NASA's actually a customer, so we're well, trying to get them it, to do it. Was, uh, it, was, it, was <laughs> a, it was a leading question, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you about NASA. So oh, there you go. I can't remember the story, but you, what, like, I always have this thing in my head of like, you know, NASA with like the Collaboration Squared t-shirt on making conference calls from the shuttle or something. It's probably not yeah, quite as... Not yet, not yet. They haven't done the space station yet, but we're hoping. Yeah, well, it's funny. The, the reason that there's many collaboration tools out there and NASA has uh, many different options they can choose and use across their entire organisation, but the, the reason they love us is the, the, the quality of the video conferencing that we do. So it literally is the highest quality you can get. Uh, and so for you know, meaningful discussions, they feel that's that's very important. But yeah, the, the group of NASA that uses us is actually the uh, the team that do research for um, uh, the uh, the different planets uh, and uh, the surfaces and and, and if there uh, there's possibility to be inhabitable in the future. Uh, and so they have lots of uh, uh, science scientists around the different universities around the world that join these calls to kind of try and work together to understand these things. So. Yeah, obviously Elon's getting a lot of the press at the moment, but uh, NASA still does a lot of work behind the scenes. So. That's cool. Do you, I mean, do you get to understand that part of their business then, or is it are you purely just in there as a tech player? Uh, that's more um, me taking interest in what they do, obviously. Or yeah. when they say they want to use our technology, I always like to try and understand uh, what our customers want to do with it. And yeah, I'm fascinated by that kind of thing. So yeah, cool. And I mean, that leads. On. I want to talk about Ubiety a bit. Um, I don't want to make it a product pitch, but just tell us <laughs> what Ubiety is first, because then I want to talk about this whole human connection thing. But mm-hmm. you, you want to just explain Ubiety, because this is a new product, right? Within yeah. Your uh, well, no, but you, it's also you, branded separately, right? Yeah, yeah. so Ubiety has actually been around for a while now. It's been, what, five years in total we've had that product? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we have a new one called Video Window, which is, uh, is oh, the one sorry, that's coming yeah, out yeah, soon. Yeah. But uh, uh, but yeah, going back to the kind of intention and meaning, um, uh, the word Ubiety, people always ask us, what, what does that mean and what, why do we call the product that? So... What Ubiety is, is it's a, a, a very high quality interoperable video conferencing platform. So you can bring in you know, mobile devices, web guests, high-end video conference systems and, and get them all working really nicely together. Um, but yeah, the word Ubiety means um, uh, your personal presence at any time. And so the reason we believe that was important is that we wanted the technology to follow you as the individual uh, rather than you kind of chasing the technology as such. So that, that's why we called uh, called the product that. Um, but yeah, so, and, and that's been great for us. Um, uh, one of the core platforms that we uh, we built that product on was acquired by Cisco. Um, so it was interesting kind of how that changed things a little bit. Um, but yeah, we, we didn't want to kind of rest on our laurels and just sit there and kind of just continue to do that one thing. So uh, we, we had customers come to us with requirements and ideas uh, for the future. Uh, and so we wanted to kind of build a product around that. So. Um, do you want to talk a bit about what Video Window is, Steve? Yeah, so and why it's, it? well, it's the latest thing that we're we're just about to release. But one of the requirements from one of our larger customers was to have literally a window of two video systems that you could just constantly talk through. And so we developed a product that is running on a touch screen, and you can put it up in the office, and it has a camera and a touch screen, and it's always on and you can just walk up to it and press the screen to unmute and and talk to people at the other end. Um, 
and that's pretty different in the, in the in the space that we work in because almost everything else you have to sort of book a meeting book a meeting room whereas this is just a a screen that is constantly on so is this so talk about in terms of the need or you know who's asking for this this would be what a business that is is um distributed over a lot of locations and and but wants to keep that connection as if the office far away is not far away i think it yeah it goes it goes back to sort of working remotely but having teams working in different locations that are working potentially on the same project i mean there's lots of different use cases but that's a big one so if you have two teams or three teams working in different locations, they can constantly talk to each other yeah. uh, without having to go and book a meeting room or use a remote control or anything like that. It's just there and it's ever present. Mm. And to, to add to that a bit, if you don't mind, um, so again, video conferencing exists in various forms today and we're, we're not looking to intrude on what companies are doing in their desktop environment. They may use Microsoft, Cisco or something else. And in meeting rooms, again, they may have Cisco or, or something else there. We're, we're not looking to to change those habits for those uh, scheduled meetings. Um, but yeah, the purpose of video window is actually not for meeting rooms, but specifically for common areas. And uh, we, we want to, we want it to feel like, yeah, you're looking between two physical spaces and uh, essentially removing that physical boundary. Uh, and so that's where the whole human connection part this, comes well, and into. And this humanizing technology, right? Is this yeah. where you were? We talked about what to call this podcast. I mean, usually do that afterwards, but you, <laughs> but you threw the label in there, humanizing technology, which I thought was a cool, yeah. Not, I mean, I don't know why I thought it was cool. I didn't know really what you meant. But, <laughs> but it just, just kind of sounded cool. I want to talk about it. But yeah, that's assume what you're you're getting to, right, is making yeah. the tech. Well, do you want to explain it? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, everything we try and do is, is about improving human connection. Since day one, that's always been our intention. Uh, and, yeah, removing technology barriers to do that. And, again, video window is a pretty extreme example of that. Again, the fact that it's always on uh, and you can walk up and see people from the other locations instantly. Um, and interact with them instantly uh, and that, that's the kind of a big uh, big part of it and we have a, a single button interface to, to, to start the audio and so we purposely have it so the audio is muted even though you can see people the whole time the audio is muted and the reason being is that we, we don't want to invade people's privacy so we're very yeah. conscious of those things but uh, but yeah, making them feel feel very connected is important to us. It's, it's kind of is almost a contradiction isn't it really in a way because technology by default often makes us more distant mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. what you're saying is the tech is there really to bring us together and yeah that's that, that, the human part that's that's what we love about video conferencing specifically because it does have that that humanizing element to it you know yeah. a, a phone call phone conferencing has been there longer than video um but yeah you just don't get the same interactions with people whereas video um you can see the the whites of people's eyes as people say and and really yeah. read them and uh and understand the meaning behind what someone says when they say it if you can read their body language so do, is it you know, we obviously we're on sound only, so it's kind of almost something that should be shown. But it, do, can you give me a, like a client that's using it now? They'll just keep it on all the time, literally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's two core use cases. Uh, Steve touched on it a bit. Um, so one is for putting it into general common areas of uh, like the kitchen area of, a, of an organization. Uh, and for for us, we believe that's more of a kind of human resources and uh, uh, inclusion uh, type uh, use case where people want to see colleagues from across the uh, different offices and just say hi to them kind of ad hocly. Uh, and that's a really, really nice thing uh, from a HR point of view. Uh, the other one which we uh, which we think is kind of more valid from a business point of view is uh, uh, where it's team to team. So uh, I'm sure you're familiar that agile working is a very big thing now, especially in large organizations as well. They have these uh, very specific agile development teams, for example, uh, and they work very, very closely together. And so for them, that process of starting a meeting would be, you know, 
go to the instant message client, send out a URL, maybe book some meeting rooms, like that all takes time. Um, whereas with this technology, um, it, it removes all that barrier completely. So mm-hmm. again, they can just see over is the person I want to talk to physically at that other office. If they are, they can walk up and uh, we actually have a really cool uh, knock-in feature. Um, I so, think I saw this. Yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty neat. So again, think about this thing from a human point of view. Uh, you know, if it was a uh, you know uh, someone who was thinking it from a technology point of view, they'd probably say push a button that then sends a text message or something. But we said no, we want to think of this in a human way. And the reason why we called the product video window is because we want to feel like a window. So you literally go up and. Uh, tap on the glass and, yeah. and you locally hear a tapping noise like a, a knock on a glass window and on the far side they hear the tapping noise um, so it gets their attention and then they can come up and, so if you do it like on Halloween in the evening you could actually freak people freak out the, the cleaners grudge, <laughs> the, the grudge is like coming through the TV or, or the, the, the ring start like broadcasting rings on the TV knocking on there well, with uh, artificial intelligence, there's nothing stopping us from putting uh, well, face layers over and all that well, kind of stuff. Actually, that's what I was going to ask next. I did, we, didn't talk, <laughs> we didn't do any prep on this. No, I was going to ask about AI. I don't even yeah. know. I'm not well-versed on AI, although from a tech point of view, my business partner, Steve, you know, we, that's in our roadmap um, you know, later on in terms of developing our technology. And it seems everywhere you go now, the word AI is mm-hmm. being talked about. I was in a business in Singapore the other week, and they were talking about how they'd introduced AI into their platform to work, you know, so the algorithms could work out customer needs before people in the office needed to. Are you guys looking at AI at all with what you're doing? Is it an area you're exploring? Yeah, I think it'll certainly be on the roadmap. I think it's a very broad term, AI. Um, But there's certainly things that we could do in terms of facial recognition as as an example. You know, the the screen could potentially recognise individuals within an office and all of that kind of thing. <clears throat> the scope is huge, yeah. um, but we haven't got around to dealing with that just yet. That will be further down the track. And again, to go back to the subject of uh, humanizing things, uh, I think uh, us as tech companies, whether it's what we're doing or, or what you're doing, you have to be very, very conscious of privacy. Um, you know, it's a, a very important point uh, for people's needs and. Um, you know, certainly people don't want to feel like they're spied on. Uh, I don't know if you saw in the news recently about um, Apple closing down some applications because they were screen recording uh, and things like that. So as uh, as important it is to understand and analyze things, uh, I think privacy has got to be a really, really important thing that you've got to be aware of for the user. And um, yeah, that, that's an important part. But yeah, AI, the, the possibilities are, are limitless, I think. And mm. um, But again, we've got to think about the, the right ones and not, not the creepy ones. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, maybe slightly on just a different topic and probably to bridge some of the similarities of where we're at as a business. How long have you guys been around in terms of, not, not personally, (laughs) (laughs) 10 years, 10 years. So you've, you've presumably been through a fair few cycles, right? I mean, you're a, you, you know, you're nowhere near a startup anymore, but then you operate the size of what people, you know, kind of perceive as a startup, but Mm -hmm. Talk about some of the struggles, some of the great bits. So, you, you you've never you haven't gone through a big kind of fundraising process like we are, right? You've basically grown through customer acquisition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. But how was but that in the early days? It's been an interesting road, I guess, because certainly in our industry, it's changed massively in the last ten years. When we started this company, it was predominantly audio conferencing that everyone was buying. If you look at that now. Almost everybody's now moving to video, desktop video. It's it's just the standard. And that progression has been incredibly fast. 
and even now there's new products coming out that probably couldn't have been developed two or three years ago that are now being released. Mm. Video window, I guess, is probably one of them with the technology that's around. So there's been this constant innovation over the last 10 years, trying to keep up and keep ahead of you know the changes in the market. Yeah, right. And it, so you've had to change as a business. I mean, you must look very different now than you did 10 years ago, right? Greyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's an interesting evolution, I think, and uh, uh, it was a very conscious decision to not get external funding, and uh, you know, even 10 years on, we've, we still never had one investor meeting, and I think that was, uh, for what we've been, so, been doing so far, that was definitely the right choice, and uh, it gives us that control um, in the business, but also the ability to change as we see fit, uh, you know, we don't have to report to anyone uh, for them to decide, which is nice. Um, but yeah, we, we, we essentially evolve our business pretty much every two years. Uh, and you have to, like, if you, if you sit still, uh, someone's going to overtake you. Um, so yeah, uh, and it's been, it's, it's been amazing, but it's also been really, really hard for, for that time. And, uh, only this last year, actually, we had our, our revenue jump an extra 60%, whereas, you know, we, we kind of, uh, uh had a, a fairly flat with small growth, for a few years before that. So it's nice to kind of break through that glass ceiling, but, uh, mm. Uh, but yeah, no, it's very. It's been hard. Uh, been amazing. Been fun. But uh, yeah, it's good to see we're we're and making you, some big changes now. You, you went into the US, of course. Mm-hmm. You lived in New York for what four years? Six years there. Was yeah. it six years? Mm-hmm. Was it okay? And um, you know what? How was that as a business? You know, I, I know a lot of companies. You know, avoid that kind of US mm-hmm. approach until the you know you got enough funding or an office there. Like, how was that as a business going to the US? I mean. You know, was it a success? Was it, you know, was it challenging? I'm sure it was. You know, we'll talk about some of those experiences. Steve's laughing, so I'm sure it's <laughs> <laughs> a big thing to take on. Yeah. And you pretty much. Well, we've talked about grey right? hair, and now we've got, we've talked about less hair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no, it's, uh, the US is amazing. Uh, I, I, I do love the US, and uh, from a business perspective, uh, obviously, in, in many companies, it's uh, the biggest market opportunity if you like uh, and, and that's true for us and it is actually our biggest um uh, biggest revenue earner now uh, of, all, of all our global entities um but yeah where do i start with it um we learn a lot very quickly when we first got there because uh, when i first moved over there we were primarily doing just standard phone conferencing and uh, again pitching this whole idea of being a carbon offset and a, a green product uh, and where we were in asia and europe at the time that message worked really really well um, but then when we went to the US market, which was very, very mature in the audio conferencing space, uh, and customers already reduced their costs by 90% compared to what they had you know, 20 years when they first implemented it, um, uh, that message just didn't get through. Uh, and our product wasn't really different enough to uh, to make an impact uh, as to, to make a customer want to, to make that change. So, uh, you know, obviously going there and you know, we were, again, self-sufficient funding wise and so the money that we we're making from the other regions were were, were um uh you know funding myself and, and employees we had in the us but we just weren't making the growth impact that we wanted given again what we thought was a ginormous market opportunity so so i think that was a bit naive from our our perspective but uh again what we talked about earlier about changing and, and adapting is like well we didn't just sit there and go well either let's exit the market or uh uh, or, 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 um, or just carry on trying to do what you do. Um, so that's when we said, okay, well, we've got to change. And so we then brought out a different product. Uh, that didn't go as well as we wanted. Um, but then after evolving that, that's when kind of Ubiety came about. And then when we had Ubiety at the time, it was a very, very unique proposition in the marketplace. And uh, again, obviously changed from audio conferencing to 
interop video conferencing and then all the great things that come there so uh that that did give us some real big hooks to go okay cool we've got something that we can really make a difference on here um one of the other things that, that i found hard to get used to in america is uh how uh, from a sales perspective, um, uh, dealing with uh, Asia and Europe is much more straightforward in terms of if someone likes you, you've got a good product, they'll say yes and buy it. Yeah. Um, whereas in America, it takes a lot longer than you expect for a sales process. And then also it's very committee driven as well. Mm-hmm. So you have to convince a lot of different people that it's a good idea. Especially when you would, I mean, over there predominantly you were dealing with large organizations. Mm-hmm. Right? Presumably mm-hmm. that's where the NASA opportunity came. And you it is, there. yeah, yeah. And you just, you, was that when you, you've done, you've done work with Google, right? Or uh, no, no, not not directly. Okay. Um, oh, you just because I saw something of you speaking at Google, so I didn't know whether uh, that was a, a that was all right. Did you speak? At uh, no, that was Vodafone. Probably uh, I did a presentation Sorry, my, too. My research, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, my research, uh, to get a slap on the wrists afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> that means you have to buy the first round, Matt. <laughs> that, that's a done job. Well, I know we wanted to talk about Google anyway. We, yeah, we, yeah. We was, but maybe that was back on the topic of. Um, of uh, humanizing human technology, was yeah. it, or human mm. connection? Yeah, well, it's funny, actually, uh, for, for Video Window, we're, again, we're thinking about, you know, is this an important product to launch? Again, we, we have intention about what we do. We're not just going to build something for the sake of it. Uh, so, so customers were asking us for it, which was nice and, and an important thing. Uh, but, yeah, when I was doing research around um, uh, around how teams work and, and what makes an effective team and what doesn't, uh, that's that's where the Google bit came in because uh, Google did a, uh, a project in 2012, I believe it was, called uh, uh, Project uh, Aristotle. Yeah. Uh, and the purpose of that project was to analyze uh, 180 of their of their internal teams at Google uh, and, uh, again, figure out what it is that, that makes uh, a team more successful than other teams. And uh, obviously the assumption that you're going to have naturally is that the teams that are more qualified um, are the ones that are going to perform better. Um, but what they found is that wasn't the case. Um, uh, and what they found is that the, uh, I think they said that the ability to uh, influence uh, group norms um, uh, kind of made the biggest impact uh, about making the team successful. And uh, if Explain you, that again, sorry. Group norms. Yeah. Uh, so the, the definition of group norms, uh, uh, what's the, is that definition of it, if you remember? Uh, something along the lines of... Um, uh, well, I, I read it into it as kind of familiarity with your team members yeah. and kind of, uh, uh, you know, spending time with them to kind of uh, the unwritten rules as such uh, that, that kind of make things work. Um, and so that really resonated me when I was thinking about video window, because that's, that's the kind of entire point of it is, is, is you know, there's this portal that you can look through to another location and uh, uh, and get to see your team members every day, regardless if you're actually having a so chem- proper interaction. Like team, team chemistry almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, as so. opposed to other opposed to things like experience, so this, that came out as one of the top kind of KPIs around before. Or, From a dynamic, of a yeah. Team. yeah, yeah. So if you can influence that and and make the team closer together, you're going to have a bigger impact of what that team can do. So uh, again, for us, where we're taking this two or more physical locations and and cementing them together, yeah. um, uh, and having these teams have the ability to see and interact with each other every day, not just by chat message, not by a scheduled video call, but have this instant interaction and instant presence um yeah. with, with the other locations we thought was very very important so that's a that was that was an interesting comment by one of the companies that beta tested um video window a couple of months ago and they were saying it was amazing how quickly they switched from using instant messenger to message the team at the other location and very very quickly that got forgotten and they ended up just walking up to the window and chatting yeah 
as you um, would do in a physical office, which as is you would exactly do in a physical office, the whole which point. is the idea. Um, um, but that was really pleasing for us to see that that sort of behavioural change coming through, just by putting a video window on the wall. Yeah, right. So yeah, very cool. It's kind of almost as it's not virtual reality, but it kind of has that aspect to it in a way, right? I mean, you're trying to bring reality into. I mean, I saw it when I was over in the UK, right? Mm -hmm. The you mm -hmm. guys, you're, yeah. you're using it. Were you using it? I don't know whether that was a test one or... Yeah, yeah, we have uh, test ones for internal. Yeah. Um, and then we have customers who are testing it and uh, we'll be announcing it very, very soon publicly. So cool. you guys are getting a sneak peek. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good segue just to talk about... I was just thinking then as you were talking about um, team familiarity and, and how important that is to success. Um, I mean, you guys working together 10 years, that's, you know, that's almost like marriage status. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> like I imagine it. how how has that been without me unearthing any quarrels I don't, I'm, not, I'm not asking from that point of view but you know like I, I've you know I've done a bunch of different things and you know I've been involved in different projects and startups and uh, there, there is that it's absolutely essential that the person you work with you have good chemistry I mean that for me is proves success often great is you know more than the tools that you're selling or the services you're selling because you can have the best tool or service in the world um but the wrong business partner and unless you know unless that combination is is good it's very hard to grow a business right but clearly you know there's something that works here because it's 10 years and you're still going hmm. how have you is there ways that you've had to consciously deal with that or has it just been dead easy I wouldn't say dead easy, but I, I think we, we get along very well. And I, I think we've all seen businesses set up with a bad business partner arrangement that have, that have gone wrong, um, sometimes quite painfully. Um, but yeah, we seem to work well together. I think trust each other to get on with stuff, which is important. And I think we've always kind of been on the same wavelength to a more or lesser extent um, over the years. That, that kind of works um, but it's been an interesting you know journey for sure mm. uh, for me actually so uh, what was it, you said chemistry was that the way you well, mentioned I, just, um, I, I suppose I'm you know the, the, the question was slightly vague but it's I'm just mm. trying to you know just talk generally around I mean it's 10 years in you're running a business you're still running it together something works so yeah just, just yeah, stories around I it. mean um, advice even you think of other startups and you know things that you you've had to do I, I think the question was you know is it conscious in terms of managing that relationship or has it just worked yeah well I mean the, the, the most important thing I think actually is so chemistry's nice but I think trust is the biggest um, that, that's definitely the, the biggest thing you have to have uh, you trust each other especially when you're not working in the same physical location and um, yeah, I mean, again, like we said earlier, the, we we see we see each other you know, once or twice a year over a ten year period. So we 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 have to have trust between each other. That's really mm -hmm. important. Um, we we have different skill sets, um, uh, and that that helps. So yeah. you know, if if you if you're both exactly the same, then I'm sure you're going to clash clash sure. more often. So having different skill sets and different personalities, I think, uh, helps too. Um, uh, and yeah, for us, uh, again, even though we are primarily a remote business. The fact that we do make sure we get together uh, occasionally is uh, is important because even as great as the technology is that we provide in in video conferencing, you know, us sitting down for a few days and uh, uh, nutting stuff out uh, once in a while, you know, really really helps. So mm -hmm. those are some of the things that I think have worked worked well for us. 
Uh, and and honest, open communication. I guess it's true in any form of business, whether it's your business partner or employees or anything else. But yeah, no, if there's a problem, uh, no, no discuss, just yeah, discuss it openly and address it. Yep. Just um, it'll be good to talk uh, a little bit about. You know, we're we're all in tech here, right? The the abundance of technology, and it's it's an interesting kind of dilemma. You know, part of the motivation of us setting task up, somewhat ironically, is you know, people spend all this time on smart smart devices, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which actually, and yet we're creating an app that goes on a smart device and encouraging people to use it. And in our business plan, we talk about the problem with people spending, I mean, there's two and a half billion smartphones in the world. People spend an average of four hours a day on them. Um, the problem within that is that a lot of that time is is on social media, is, you know, some for some people arguing on Twitter and <laughs> you know not necessarily productive time. So part of our motivation is to you know transform a, at least a proportion of that unproductive time into more productive time. Um, but there is a massive abundance. You know sometimes it's, it, I don't believe that it's a good idea just to throw away the smartphone and you know become kind of prehistoric in your approach. But yeah, it's not a really specific question, but I thought just good to chat about how you see that. I mean, you know, you've got kids, obviously, my nieces, and mm-hmm. I got told off when I was back in the UK <laughs> last time by my sister for I being get told on off. my phone too much. <laughs> I get told but, um, off. Yeah, how, what's your view on all this? Do you put the phone down at specific times? How do you how do you see it all? You know, yeah, it's, it's, an in, it's an interesting dilemma now. Um, I think it's going to be an even more interesting dilemma in 10 and 20 years from now. Um, uh, for me, um, and like I said, Matt, it's, it's your sister, my wife, that's kind of uh, enforced this in our house, and uh, you know, I'm really grateful that she has in terms of uh, trying to use less technology um, uh, around the house, and, and and especially in front of the kids, um, because yeah, I, I think uh, things like social media can have a good impact. Uh, and if you lose use it within a certain amount of con- time constraints, like you said, um, then, then it can be beneficial and, and good. But yeah, if you use it too much, there's negative impact and uh, things like cyberbullying and things like that. I think uh, uh, you can kind of go down a rabbit hole and, that, and that's today. And again, imagine what that's going to be in 10, 20 years. So see, I'm definitely very concerned for the future. Again, we, we really, for our kids, try to not have any technology around them. Sure, maybe watch TV and watch some Netflix, like uh, you know, a couple of evenings a week. But apart from that, really to try and connect with them as, as again, the the people that they are, and and, and the, hopefully that as they grow up, um, even if the people around them are using technology, we want them to hopefully use less technology, um, so that ultimately they can build stronger human connections themselves with people and friendships, and uh, and as then they in the future go into the working world, it gives them that opportunity to. Um, Again, not just be stuck in a phone and, and that be the only way they know to communicate with people, but also just to, you know, communicate with them in person and, and face-to-face. So is, that's my view. It is an interesting um, dilemma, isn't it? I mean, it's, yeah. The, it's, it's, it doesn't mean it shouldn't exist, no. um, but yeah, it's, it's a case of how do we control that. Um, and I think some of the big companies are trying to do things like uh, Apple and Google have put in uh, notifications now to tell you how much screen time you've got and all that sort of stuff. So uh, again, I, I think there's, positive ways that companies are trying to impact that but um but yeah it, it is a problem and i think it does need to be addressed and you know, parents and grown-ups uh, need to start with themselves i think and then it, it goes forward but 
I think that, yeah, it's a difficult line to draw, isn't it? Especially with kids that they have to, the technology is not going to go away, so they have to be able to use it mm. and they have to be comfortable with it. But at the same time, my son, certainly, he's seven. If I gave him an iPad and walked away, he would quite happily be glued for it for, for the whole day, um, which is not healthy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we actively try and make sure he's comfortable using technology, but at the same time, get out and play football, go swimming, you know, have a childhood. Um, but yeah, I think it's difficult and I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes over the next few years. Yeah, I, I mean, I was doing some work for uh, last year for the cabin in Chiang Mai and I, if I get this right, I mean, that they're an addiction centre, right? So they have, you know, typically it's people with, uh, you know, alcohol, heroin, um, sometimes sex, but now there's a whole growing area around technology i can't remember how they brand it whether it's whether it's just social media related i don't think it is i think it's just more mm. tech related but it makes you really aware right? i mean mm. I, I can feel it with my own behavior mm-hmm. like you know i know that if that phone i you know i got to a point last year where i was i need to take the phone out of the bedroom mm-hmm. at night because i'm not sleeping yeah. properly and it there's this kind of innate connection you seem to have to the device because you're on totally. it all day and if you don't physically separate yourself from it it's you know it you you always have that tendency to pick it up and have a look you know get the endorphins firing because of <laughs> some Facebook like or something kind of random like that so it's yeah. or even email messages Slack messages whatever like you know it's uh, well, yeah, my, it all it all uh, yeah I was it brings to you Darryl, to the device I was saying to Daryl earlier my wife picked me up on this that I'd get up in the morning and the first thing I would do before anything was look at my phone yeah which is crazy um, which I actively try not to do now. But it's so easy to do, and they're such a part of our lives now. Yeah, um, everything runs on them. For me, once once a year, I try and like you know, if, if we get a, a vacation overseas or something like that, uh, I, I try to go at least five days a year without having any technology with me. Um, and again, when I'm on vacation and, and with the, uh, the the kids and, and Emily, um, and yeah, I think that's really important for me as an individual um, to 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 take, have that downtime. So. Uh, and didn't you do it recently with your house? You, you removed the TV and the iPad so, yeah, and my, for, for a month? <clears throat> so my, my son made a deal with me that I would buy him something or other if he watched no TV or iPad for a month. So wow, I, I literally picked the TV up and put it in a cupboard. Um, and we had no TV for a whole month. It was great. We were playing board games, going out, playing football and all kinds of stuff. And he didn't miss it. After 48 hours, he'd forgotten about it entirely. Interestingly, two days ago, I put the TV back because mm. he'd done the month and he sat in front of it for the whole day. Just <laughs> so, totally absorbed. So back it didn't into have it. a lasting effect. As soon as it was there, he was back. As soon as he was there, he was uh, back. Okay. That's, so telling really it's, that's telling in itself, right? Yeah. Mm. But, man, it was a child, yeah. right? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And, I mean, you've been a. You, you're naturally a techie kind of geek guy, right? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, no, I, yeah, I was about is. to say, I, I'm, weren't you on. My researcher was telling me before the uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you on Games Master? <laughs> when you were, I don't know if anyone listening to this would know. Get, would, would know Games Master? Yeah. Anyone in their uh, late late thirties and early forties will know what Games Master is from England. That is. Uh, but yeah, I think I was um, uh, about thirteen years old, uh, and I went on to the Games Master to ask uh, the Games Master a question about a computer games. So it's a great yeah, bit of I used footage. To love that. It's yeah, a it's great good. bit of footage. <laughs> Um, we're going to wrap up. So actually, I wanted to, I don't know whether this is that relevant, but 
I'm interested because this is more definitely a question for you. The whole Brexit thing. I mean, mm-hmm. do, do you care about it? Does it affect you? I mean, it's so hard. This actually, from a social media standpoint, this has actually maybe stopped looking at Facebook. <laughs> That's the positive thing for me because living in Thailand, I'm like I'm kind of unaffected. And mm. I was at dinner the other week actually in Chiang Mai, and the, this guy was grilling me on it. In the end, I just said, I, you know, I just doesn't affect me I left 25 years ago it's not <laughs> you know I don't feel the effect of it it probably does affect me I just didn't want to get into the debate but mm-hmm. is it something you're exposed to either from a business wise or personally or do do care don't care uh, I think from a business perspective we're quite lucky really that uh, we're, we're so spread out globally um, I have customers in in the UK and out of the UK um, and built in lots of different countries that it, it doesn't really affect us uh, and obviously people need to use our technology regardless of if you know, Brexit goes well or doesn't go well. So, um, so yeah, from a business perspective, it's not, not really affected us for our existing stuff. Uh, I guess you know, our customers uh, are more cost conscious uh, given what's going to come in the future. I'm sure they are. But, uh, uh, but yeah, luckily that, that hasn't, we haven't seen too much impact on that. Um, uh, Steve? Yeah, I think business-wise, depending on what happens, I think if we... If the UK crashes out, which I don't necessarily think will happen, then that potentially could give us issues in maybe having to set up an office in Europe. But I don't necessarily see it being a huge problem, as Daryl said, because we're so globally spread. Mm. um, It minimises the risk for us. Um, Yeah. And on a personal perspective, uh, I don't think it's a good idea personally. <laughs> um, but I wasn't living in the UK at the time when the when the vote happened, and uh, yeah, it's it's a shame. I mean, I, the, the the damage is done really, even though we're kind of to and fro about exactly how it's going to happen and deal no deal and or remain even still potentially as an option. Uh, in my opinion, a lot of damage has been done already to the, to the economy. Um, you know, we, we just sold uh, our house uh, recently, and we had to drop that down quite significantly. So we lo- we personally lost quite a lot of money on that, and. Uh, um yeah the, what it's going to do to the british economy and and people who who work for those organizations who split into europe i think it's going to have much bigger impact for for them but yeah you know it's it's a shame in the world where you know we believe we should be coming together um but you know some people have the opinion that it, it should diversify even more which is a shame we'll see it may never happen so i don't know i i've mm. kind of stopped following it just because not not because i don't have an interest but it i was inundated with there is a social media sentiment about it and mm. then there's the real story isn't mm. it i mean everyone mm. has an opinion about it that's that's i think become a bit of a tiresome situation where everyone is weighed in mm. yeah i think i think there's lots of different opinions as to what brexit is yeah is it about immigration is it about europe is it about this that it's it's polarized the uk in terms of for and against for different reasons um and i think that politically has been pretty incompetent about dealing with the whole thing it's just a very unnecessary exercise so yeah it makes me pretty angry Mm. but at the same time i live in singapore much like you i've been out of the country for 10 years but i don't like seeing the country pulled apart like that i just think it's it's a real shame yeah the divide is a shame which is the same i mean there's a u.s kind of parallel i think in terms of this whole left right divide it's mm. kind of crazy now the way the, but the uk seems to be following suit brexit seems to be the defining mm. uh, trigger for that kind of divide which obviously i think is a to all of us in this room that's you know anything that creates a divide is a shame so mm, agreed on a more positive note as we're talking about europe and we're nearing the end what do you reckon is going to happen in the rugby tonight <laughs> <laughs> england for the win of course england by 20 england by 20 that's pretty ambitious. I don't know. <laughs> I'm feeling feeling punchy. 
Is it a Twickenham? Or it's actually a Twickenham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. France haven't won since 2005, so we definitely yeah. are up the upper hand, but it, I don't want to jinx it. So I'd say... Well, I'd say England by 15, though, actually. Yeah. That's still pretty punchy. <laughs> it's true. Well, I don't really care as long as we win the World Cup, right? Yeah. Eyes on the bigger prize. <laughs> cool. All right, well, just... Where can... You know, just as we kind of um, close off, where can people find out more about either the business yourself whatever you're willing to give do you want to just kind of drop any any kind of comms details yeah sure yeah. for uh, for the company it's, it's called uh, collaboration squared and you can go to uh, collaboration squared.com uh, and see the different products we have um, and then yeah specifically video window which is our new exciting fun new project um, uh, that's uh, video window.com uh, a quick uh, interesting fact about that uh, so it's got a, a really cool animated uh, advert on there that kind of explains uh, what video is in a very very simple term that, that people can send on to whoever they want to see it um, but yeah uh, talking about me being a geek um, <laughs> so I'm dropping myself in it um, uh, when I was a kid my favourite movie movie series was Back to the Future uh, and so in this uh, 60 second animated uh, advert uh, I, I've got uh, 15 hidden references to Back to the Future that we stuck in there so, <laughs> 15 uh, hidden references <laughs> that you've just told are hidden so. well no 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 you've still got to find them yeah you've got to find them the, oh, the best, oh, the best okay. score so far is uh, oh it's actually okay yeah, 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 yeah Americans call them easter eggs right you've got to find the little there, things is there a prize if you find them or has anyone found all 15? No, no, 11 out of 15 is the highest score so all far. Right. Well, there's the challenge to our listeners to, yeah. to try and find the 15 hidden references <laughs> back to the future in the collaboration squared video. Yeah, or uh, a video window. Sorry, video yeah. window. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Awesome. And uh, yeah, cheers for joining the podcast. And uh, over and out. Thanks, Matt. It's been great. Cheers, Matt. Cheers.